we have a crisis in the world, tremendous crisis, and also crisis in our consciousness, in us. I see the urgency of change, radical revolution, mutation in the mind. I see it. It is necessary. There is complete quietness of the mind, and that which is silent has vast space. Only then that which is nameless comes into being. This is Urgency of Change, the Krishnamurti podcast. Religion is not the authoritarian, accepted form of religion, the state religion, the religion of belief, of faith, of dogma, of rituals, of worshipping a symbol. Hello and welcome to episode 95 of Urgency of Change. Each weekly episode in this season of the Krishnamurti podcast is based on a major theme of the philosopher's talks, such as freedom, self-knowledge, beauty, intelligence and meditation. Extracts from our archives have been carefully selected to represent Krishnamurti's different approaches to each of these universal and timelessly relevant themes. This week's theme is religion. Upcoming themes are love, conditioning and enlightenment. This is a podcast from Krishnamurti Foundation Trust. For more information about our activities, such as our volunteer programme at Brockwood Park in the UK, we are online at kfoundation.org. You can also find our daily quotes and videos on Instagram and Facebook at Krishnamurti Foundation Trust. This week's episode on religion has five sections. The first extract is from Krishnamurti's sixth talk in Ojai, 1982, titled, What is Religion? Religion is not the authoritarian, the accepted form of religion, the the state religion, the religion of belief, of faith, of dogma, of rituals, of worship a symbol, that's not religion, obviously. So we're going to inquire into what is religion. Do you understand? It is we are inquired into fear, into the nature of that extraordinary thing called love, whether human beings can ever end their suffering, their misery, their anxiety. And also, we should inquire together into what is religion. Man worships. There are still those people in the East who worship a tree. <coughs> who worship a mountain. 
they gave it in India to the Himalayas, special peaks, a special name. And they worshipped the, at one time the earth, the trees, the heavens, the sun, as the Egyptians did. But we consider all that illusion, nonsense. And as we are so terribly sophisticated, we worship a symbol, pray to that symbol, to that saviour, or as in India, another form of the same thing. Worship has been part of human life from the ancient of days. You may not worship a tree, but you go to the church or to a temple or a mosque, and there you pray, you worship. There is not much difference between the worship of a tree, which is alone in a marvellous field of green earth, and the symbol that thought has created in the church, in the temple, or in a mosque. There is not much difference between the two, because man suffers he is in trouble. He doesn't know to whom to turn to. So he invents a comforting God, which is thought, invents a God, and then worships that which he has invented. These are facts, whether you like it or not. You invent the whole rituals of Christianity, as in India. They are complicated rituals. And it is the invention of thought. And then thought says that which is is divine revelation. I do not know if you have not noticed. In Asia, which includes India and here, divine revelation plays an extraordinary part. But the divinity is brought about by thought. The interpreter of that divinity is the priest. He thinks, and his thought has created various forms of rituals. So we are asking, is religion all this.
is religion based upon books, the printed word, where a religion is based on a book, whether it's a Christian, Hindu, or Muslim, or the Buddhist, then there is dogma, the authority of the book becomes all-important, this bigotry, narrowness of mind. Both the Muslim world and the Christian world are based on book, the Quran and the Bible. In India, fortunately for them, they've got hundred books, hundred gods, no, more than that, three hundred thousand gods. Don't please laugh, this is very serious, it sounds funny. And they're, they're tolerant, which means they put up with anything. False gods, true gods, any kind of illusion, any kind of assertions of any so-called religious man. Here in the West, as the Muslim world, the book plays an extraordinary importance. And therefore, there's the, those who believe in the book, deeply convinced by every word in that book, they become bigotry, dogmatic, assertive, aggressive, and if they are not semi-civilized, they will kill. This is happening in the world. So, is religion, the word religion, the etymological meaning of that word is unknown. It brings, it arises from certain Latin words, which we're going to, which we will not go into, but it actually means, according to certain dictionaries, the capacity to gather all your energy to discover, to come upon that which is true. That's the root meaning of that word. So we are gathering our energy, all our energy, not a specialized energy, the energy of thought, the energy of emotions, the passionate energy to inquire into what is true and to go into it deeply, we must inquire also into what is why thought, which has invented all the religions in the world, all the rituals, all the dogmas, the beliefs, the faiths, which is the result of thought, 
There is nothing divine about anything. You can in thought can say what I I have invented is divine. But thought is not sacred, is not holy. So it is important to go into this question of what is thought. We've gone into it previously, but the more you look at it, the more you inquire into the very nature of thought, the more complicated, the more it demands a subtle mind, it demands a, a quickness of mind. Not a mechanical mind, not a mind that accepts, not a mind that acquiesces, but a mind that doubtful, questioning, demanding, has this great energy. And when you give this total energy, not an energy which is partial, because you are interested in some form of entertainment or in some form of relief, in some form of comfort, then it is all partial energy. Whereas if you demand totally to understand the nature of human mind, why we live the way we are living, destroying the earth, destroying ourselves, wars, misery, then you have to give all your energy. And where there is this total energy, complete passion to understand, to find out a way of living which is totally different from non-mechanistic, repetitive way, so we have to go into this question deeply once again, what is thought? Why thought plays such an extraordinary importance in our life, in our relationship? Is thought love? Please inquire with the speaker, really, the speaker is putting your question. It's not his question. You are putting this question for yourself. Thought has created the marvelous cathedrals, magnificent structures in Europe and some of them here. And thought also has put all those things inside the cathedrals, in the churches, in the temples, in the mosques. So one asks, is thought sacred? Because it has put all this in, the, in these buildings and then you worship it. I wonder if one sees the the illusion of this, the ironic 
actual deception that thought has invented the symbol, the ritual, the host, and the different things in India and Asia. Thought has been responsible for all this, some of it being copied from the ancient Egypts, from India, and so on. And then thought, having created this marvellous structure in stone, then inside it are all the symbols, the agony, and in the Asiatic world a different symbol, then thought says you must worship that. So we are asking, is thought sacred in itself, or it is merely, please listen to it, you may not agree, do not agree, but inquire. Is thought a material process? If it is not sacred, then it is a material process. But thought has invented these heaven and hell, the saviours of the world, according to different religions, their rituals, is all the result of thought. And then thought turns round and says, it must, you must worship it. So, we must find out for ourselves, not according to any authority in spiritual, religious matters, there is authority of the surgeon, that's a totally different matter. But to discover, to come upon that which is eternal, if there is such thing as eternity, your mind must be free in all spiritual matters, in all psychic matters. That is psychology in the psychological realm which is you, there must be total freedom to find out. The second extract is from the fourth talk in Madras, 1974, titled Religion is the Core of a New Culture. Observing what is going on in the world, not only political, economic, in the world of division between the Arab and the Jew, between the Hindu and the Muslim, and so on, so on, so on. But also looking at various religions, which have never brought peace to mankind, on the contrary. And their division, and they must be divided, because they are essentially based on thought. So what is religion? 
What do we mean by that word? We know what it's not. All the circus that goes on in the name of religion. Please don't be insulted. We're just stating facts. All the churches and the temples and the mosques, all the structure that has been put together by thought, however beautiful, some cathedrals, some mosques, some temples are extraordinarily beautiful, but they have nothing whatsoever to do with reality. And when one really, not verbally, discards all that, not because someone says you must discard it, or someone you feel knows better than you do who says this is not religion, then you do not discard it. It's merely accepting an authority. And which is the very, when you accept authority in spiritual matters, that's the very essence of decay, degeneracy. All right? You're still with me? Verbally or in reality? When you discard all that, Nonsense, which means no sense. Then we can begin to find out, if you are serious, what religion means. Do you understand? The ceremonies, the rituals, the temples and the vows you take as a compensation to your daily ugly life, you will take vows to go to the temple and do all kinds of things as a compensation. And all that, the beliefs, the dogmas, the rituals, the private worship, have nothing to do with the reality of what religion is. And if one is serious, because religion is the core of a new culture. Without religion there is no culture. And because there is no religion in the world, there is no culture. You may have beautiful painting, write marvelous literature, paint most extraordinarily, compose lovely music, but that's not culture. That doesn't bring about a new quality of mind. And we need a new quality of mind when the whole world around us is collapsing, degenerating. 
and merely to revive the old religions, as some are trying to do, is meaningless. But a man who is deeply concerned, as you must be, if you are concerned with the world, with the starvation, with the wars, with the corruption, with the hypocrisy, with the total dishonesty that's going on, one must, in all seriousness, find out what is the true significance of religious mind, because it is only such a mind that can bring about a new culture, not a religious mind, not one religious mind, but the religious mind of man, which is you, that means together. In the old days, if you have observed in history, watched the things about you, there were religious leaders that very word is the denial of religion, the leader in the religious world. You understand? Because when there is a movement in religious matters, that very movement is the factor of degeneration. But then you are merely following. You are merely accepting authority of another. When you understand the nature and the structure of authority, have an insight into it, in spiritual matters there is no authority, including that of the speaker. Then we can proceed in our inquiry, what is religion? Religion, if you look into a good dictionary, you will see means gathering together energy to be totally good. I am adding, I am, the speaker is adding the extra word to be totally good. Good in action, good in thought, excellent in, in the way of life. And that implies diligence, care, attention. Care implies care in your work, in your thoughts, in your 
how you bring up your children, how you treat your wife, your husband, care, which means affection, love. And most of us are negligent. We are careless, we are inconsiderate, we think goodness is something to be cultivated. Goodness is something that will come through time gradually. We never say, be good, not I will be. And religion also implies the understanding, the discovery for one's, for one's own mind, what is sacred. And also, if there is such thing as the eternal, Religion means the beauty, goodness, which means also excellence, and the finding or coming upon something sacred, and the inquiry into something that is not touched by thought, because thought is time, thought is measure, and to find out if there is or if there is not something that is nameless, timeless, that has no beginning and no end, all that is religion. And as we said, without that quality of mind, which is explosive, not acquiescent, with that, without that quality of mind, you cannot have a culture which is absolutely necessary, a culture not brought about by a few, but by, by a religious mind, which means light to yourself, not the light of another, but light what you have found for yourself, all that is implied in religion. So, meditation, can we go on? Meditation is the inquiry into that which is sacred, and also to find out, not these are words, you can't find out if there is eternity, to 
feel that, to have that quality of a mind that is really timeless. So, that's what we are going to do. Together. We are not going to meditate together, that's another phony, imaginative, romantic nonsense. But we are going together find out what it means to meditate, and what it means to have the capacity of freedom that can come upon the thing that is sacred and from there move to something that may be timeless. The third extract is from Krishnamurti's second talk in London, 1982, titled The Religious Mind. So, we should consider what is a religious mind. Religions throughout the world have played an extraordinary part in one's life, seriously or superficially. It has become an entertainment. All the words and symbols and processions and all the things that go on in the name of religion are put together by thought, and thought, as we talked about the other day, yesterday and previously, is not sacred at all, it's yet merely a material process born of knowledge, memory, stored in the brain. So, first to find out what is truly a religious mind, one must be free of all religious dogma, whether the Hindu, Buddhist, Christian or whatever it is, Muslim, Islamic, or entirely, totally, completely free of all that. Because that's part of our conditioning. We've been programmed for two thousand years as Christians, three to five thousand years as Hindus, Buddhists and so on. Because to find out for oneself what is a religious mind, there must be complete freedom from all orthodoxy, tradition, 
and all the amusements in this name of religion that goes on. Because in those ideas, in those concepts, in the symbols, saviors, we have found security from a, for a complex, miserable, confusing life. That's our safety escape from this. But when we have put order in our lives here and now, then there is no fear. And a mind that is absolutely without a shadow of fear, psychologically, has that quality of a religious mind. And beliefs, whether Christian belief or Buddhist or Hindu or the belief of the Muslim, why should we have beliefs at all? Belief in God? God is the invention of thought. Because God is the ultimate security. In the name of God we have done terrible things, burnt people, tortured people. So one has to be free entirely from of all belief and faith and dogma. Why is it that when we talk about religious matters, we are so gullible? We don't exercise, apparently, our reason, sanity, common sense. We accept everything. And skepticism and doubt is denied in the Christian world. In the Hindu and the Buddhist organization of religion, there is doubt is encouraged. Doubt is a part of virtue. So the mind can only understand that which is religion, in the sense to find out or to come upon that which is sacred, if there is something sacred. Because technological culture cannot possibly bring about a totally global culture, religion, and that's possible, global interrelationship of humanity, which is the only 
goal of all politics. And to come upon this, if there is anything sacred which thought has not invented, meditation is necessary. India, unfortunately, has brought this word into this Western world recently. The Christian world had its own contemplative order, contemplative state of mind. But the gurus and others have brought this idea of meditation. And these people have invented or brought their old tradition from Tibet, from Zen, the Japan, from Burma, from India, really India. The mischief is began in India first. That meditation means you must practice something. Practice a method. Practice to be silent. Practice to be aware. Practice the moment which is the present, and so on, so on. Practice. When you are practicing something, you are being repetitive. If you are playing the piano and you are practicing, you may be practicing the wrong note. But here we think it's necessary to practice. Day after day, take a vow. Being a monk, you know, the whole business of there's no time to go into all that. So we practice. The more you practice, the more your brain will become dull, obviously. Whether you are practicing various systems of meditation, which means your brain is becoming more and more mechanical, it's never free. And to find out or come upon that which is nameless, timeless, sacred, there must be complete freedom, not brought about by desire, by thought, but by ending that which is not free, like attachment, like pursuit of pleasure. The self-fulfillment, self-centered activity, and so on. This demands great deal of inquiry, great deal of energy, perception, not only knowing oneself, knowing oneself 
not through any form of analysis, but knowing oneself through observation of one's reactions in our relationship with each other. Those reactions reveal what we are. And when it reveals what we are, we, that revelation becomes knowledge to us. And so we accumulate more and more knowledge about ourselves. And that knowledge becomes a hindrance to freedom. Please, I'm time to go into Just see the truth of it quickly. So when I ask, is there a, a stop to thought and time? Because if there is time, that is, if there is thought, there's perpetual occupation, as most of us are perpetually occupied, thinking about various things, chattering. Mind is never, the brain is never quiet. but always groping, searching, remembering, hoping. Such a mind, obviously, is never quiet. But to perceive that it is not quiet, without any direction, say it must be quiet, to perceive it, to observe it is not quiet, then that it becomes extraordinarily quiet, without any compulsion, without any practice, which means one requires great sensitivity, attention, awareness. Only in that absolute silence of the mind, a silence which is not cultivated by thought. It isn't a silence between noise, between two noises or between two thoughts. Silence is not that. Silence demands total freedom from all self-centered activity and pursuit of pleasure and fear and so on. Only in that silence, completely, can there be that which is nameless. The fourth extract is from the sixth talk in Sanan, 1984, titled the religious mind is in a state of creation. Then, what is creation and what is invention? Religion is this creation, not invention. Invention is the accumulated thought in which there is a gap and then something new is discovered. But it's still 
within the realm of thought. Right? I don't know if you have, I've discussed this matter, what speaker has discussed this matter with scientists and specialists and so on. What is creation? Not only the creation of a baby from the cellular and all the rest of it, but much more beyond all that. What is creation? Not who created. You understand? <coughs> if you say it's God, then it's finished. Your God and my God and Muslim God and Hindu God and your own particular pet God. That's an easy way of explanation. And most people are satisfied with it. But if you shake away all that, slow it off, then what is creation? Is it born of knowledge? It's bo- if it is born of knowledge, it's not creation. Because knowledge is limited. Right? Because we're adding more and more and more knowledge. Where there is more, there is limitation. Right? Which means measurement. The more, the better is a measurement. So where there is knowledge, there is, in, there is invention. And creation is not related to knowledge. Therefore all the paintings of the world they think are great creations are the Activity of thought directed in different directions. Great artists, great poetry, marvelous music. It's all the activity of thought and and so on. I don't have to go into all that. So creation. That is religion. You understand? A mind that has, a brain that has knowledge where it is necessary, in the physical world, writing, talking, driving, and so on. And knowledge has no place in the psychological world. Because knowledge is limited and therefore creating division, conflict and all the rest of it. When you say, I know my wife, you have already destroyed your wife. You understand that? Aren't you shocked by this? Because then your relationship with another is based on knowledge, which is thought. A thought is not love. All your desires, appetites, 
sensations are not thought, are thought. And therefore it's not love. Where there's love, there's compassion. Compassion is not, cannot come into being when there is no total freedom. If I'm attached to my culture, to my tradition, to my religion as a Hindu, it's just a a talk about compassion, it's childish. Where there's compassion, there is intelligence. That's it. And that intelligence is supreme, it's not yours, some speakers or somebody else, it's intelligence. And in that intelligence there is absolute security. And nowhere else. And so religion, meditation, is free of knowledge. And therefore, the religious, the religious brain is creating, is in a state of creation. Understand all this? Even logically, intellectually, see this. If you really understand it, it is something that will totally revolutionize our daily life. We will be the beginning of a new religion, which is nothing to do with present religions. That is creation. The final extract is from a recording by Krishnamurti in Ohio, 1984, titled Religion is a form of science. Humanity seems to be in perpetual movement of destruction and building up again. Destroy and build. Destroy human beings and give birth to greater population. But if all the scientists in the world put their tools down and say we'll have no we will not contribute to war to destroy humanity. but turn their attention, their skill, their commitment to bring about a better relationship between nature, environment and human beings. And it was, unless we have peace in the world, 
Oh, there is some peace among few people. Then those few, not necessarily the elite, and and apply all their skill to bring about a different world. Then religion and science can go together. Religion is a form of science. That is to know and to go beyond all knowledge. May know all the nature of the universe. But to comprehend that immensity, not through a telescope, but the immensity of mind and the heart. And this immensity has nothing whatsoever to do with any religion, either Buddhism, Hinduism or Christianity, or the Islamic world world of their own beliefs and dogmas. How easily man becomes a tool of their own belief, their own fanaticism, committed to some kind of belief which has no reality. No temple, no mosque, no church holds true. They are symbols, perhaps, but symbols are not the actual. In worshiping the symbol, you will lose the act, the real, the truth. But unfortunately, the symbol has, has, given, has been given far greater importance. And the then truth. One worships the symbol. On symbols the whole religions are based on some conclusions and beliefs. All beliefs are divisive. Whether political belief, political ideologies or religion. Where there is division, there must be conflict. 